Baby Got Backlog. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of It's Baby Got Backlog. It's nighttime, and we're we're a little kooky and we're a little goofy. Little little coffeeless. It's the show where Andy and I forget to introduce ourselves because we just start rambling. I'm Trevor. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh. I don't remember because I was about to start rambling. Uh, I'm Andy. Uh, you know I should have had coffee. You know that like I had coffee at like five, and now it's seven. So like I didn't have enough of a window. I should have had another cup of coffee, but I didn't have another cup of coffee, and here I am without another cup of coffee, and I'm rambling. Hey man, I get it. I also should have had a cup of coffee. It's it's baby got backlog. It's the show where we talk about the games on our backlog and we chill out, have a good time, and we're a couple of fancy boys. Are we fancy? Uh, yeah, of course. Okay, we're the two, we're the two we're we're the fanciest podcast on the app store. Put that as the tag. <laughs> That's our new tagline. So, <laughs> we're the fanciest podcast on the app store. Welcome to live pre-recorded internet, everybody. <laughs> My favorite what was this? pre-recorded what was, internet. We did a stupid. What stupid character did we do uh, last episode? Oh, it was the it was the the room tighter guy, the redneck room tighter. Oh guy. yeah, room tighter. I, I freaking love room tighter. <laughs> I, I love room tighter, and uh, yeah. Anyway, now that I remember the horrible character that no one wanted to hear brought back, <laughs> there's a Cletus. lot of those. <laughs> Oh, geez. All right. Uh, so it's Baby Got Backlog. We're going to talk about video games. And first, we're going to talk about not video games. We're going to talk about watching video games. <laughs> Which is still video game related. So we're not that far off base. Yeah. Look, uh, so we're going to just briefly talk about uh, GDQ. If you don't know it, it is called Games Done Quick. You can watch it, gamesdonequick.com. It is a... Uh, a biannual is that correct if it's twice a year yes yeah it's it's a biannual uh speed running marathon it goes all week for 24 hours seven days straight um where they marathon speed running a whole plethora of video games like any game under the sun you can think of uh and it goes uh, it's uh it's a charity event so if you're watching you can donate all of your money goes to um, either the Prevent Cancer Foundation or Doctors Without Borders, depending it, on... Yeah, I think the the one happening right now is for Prevent Cancer Foundation. Yeah, so right now running, this episode will go up. You're listening right now on Friday, January 13th, which is actually the day before the event ends. It ends on Saturday, January 14th. Um, so, but if you do happen to listen to this and you want to check out the last day of GDQ is usually the most hype day. So like it goes till midnight on Saturday and usually they have some pretty solid games lined up. I believe the last two games, cause I always check what the big finale games are, uh, Pokemon Legends Ar- Arceus followed by, uh, Super Mario Bros. 3, which are going to be hype. And those will go till midnight and maybe maybe well into the night they tend to like make a hard push towards the end of the marathon so saturday night is the best night you should watch and uh and donate to the prevent cancer foundation it's uh it's a great cause it's my favorite thing yeah uh you and i were talking about this the other day one of my favorite things about gdq was like making it a big event because back in the day you and i used to like get snacks and hang out at your apartment and watch gdq 
when it was happening all day and it was just, it was great yeah i um i don't know i think i feel about gdq like lots of people feel about the holidays <laughs> and stuff like i when it's gdq week i'm just like on another level of happy i just i just run it on my tv 24/7 um and like especially if there's a run that i'm super into i i just let it play all day um, I try and find the runs that I like super am excited for and stuff. The one of the first games they ran was Breath of the Wild, which was totally bonkers. Like it was just a wild which and Breath of the Wild was already a super wild speed run because of all of the exploits. But um apparently like within the last year they discovered another huge glitch which made the game like even exponentially faster than it already was. That's awesome. Yeah, and pair that with the fact that it is a feature of Breath of the Wild that once you get off of the Great Plateau, you can go straight to Ganon's castle and just fight him. So it was really like it's cool. Like it's just cool to see those kinds of things, you know? Yeah, I'm sad I missed that one. I I missed a couple of the really cool ones. Um yesterday I was at work, but they did back-to-back Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge and then uh, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales. And I missed both of those because I was at stupid adult work. Yeah, well, you know, for you and the listeners um, all to be informed, um, every run goes up onto YouTube as a VOD afterwards, So, which is great for me because... I'm also having a really busy week where I'm not really able to watch most of GDQ. So like the month after GDQ is almost just as good because I just watch it, you know, when I'm chilling out and like watch all the runs I missed. So it's, it's great. It's, it's a great event. Yeah. Rewatch all the, all the runs that happened either while you were at work or asleep. I, uh, right. I half joked at Stacey. I was like, we should just, uh, cause because we're getting married this summer and we don't have a plan for our honeymoon. Like people keep asking us, they're like, what are you going to do on your honeymoon? And we're genuinely like, I don't know. I haven't even thought about it. And I have joked, like, let's put off our honeymoon and just go during GDQ week. Like we'll go to the live event for our honeymoon. And she was like, sounds dope. Let's do it. (laughs) That would be dope. Yeah. So I don't know if we'll do that, but I have always wanted to go to the actual live event even if it was just to to do like the last three days or something like I want to do that someday. That would be super cool. Yeah. So uh, games done quick dot com. Go watch it. Check it out. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. They do um, all kinds of like they do everything. They do races. They do task bots. They do randomizers like they get really wacky with it, you know? Yeah, and it's it's all sorts of games too. I mean, it's you know it's retro games. It's games that you probably haven't thought about since the PS2 was relevant. Like, it it spans a lot of uh, gaming era. Is the PS2 not relevant anymore? I mean, not really. Which PlayStation are we on now? Three, five. No, that can't be. You're kidding, right? You are kidding. I can see it in <laughs> yes, your eyes. Yes, I'm kidding. You have a PS4. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're on three, but I have the next new one. Which PlayStation are we on? Two point seven five. Eight. Is it eight? 
I hope not. When are we going to stop? There's so many PlayStations. They're so expensive. Listen, Andy, this is this is corporate America. As long as people are buying things, they will never stop. Yeah. All right, Trevor, we're talking about video games. Who who do you want to do I want to who's going first? I don't know. What are you talking about today? Uh, did you go first? I feel like you went first last time and we I think talked I did about too. Room Tater. Yeah, cuz I talked about Room Tater for a while. All right, I'm going first. I'm talking about The Pathless. Oh. Which I, f- I feel like did you maybe I feel like you and I talked about it briefly. Did you watch a speed run of it with Tommy or something? Um I may have watched a speed run uh the last GDQ cuz I feel like I mentioned to you that I thought The Pathless has the coolest bosses of any game I've ever played. And for some reason, I remember you like texting me and being like, oh, it does, they are the coolest bosses. Or did I dream that? You may have dreamed that. I, I know I looked at a trailer when you and I talked about it, and I was like, oh, yeah, that looks really cool. So maybe you're just thinking of that. Man. Now I got to like search my text messages to see. I could have swore. Maybe I just dreamt that whole thing i remember you talking about it because it's the developer of journey right yes yeah so i I remember us talking about it for sure but i don't know that i watched like a playthrough i know i watched the trailer and that like the gameplay trailer oh all right well i'm talking about the pathless but first before i promised you that i had a story about chained echoes (laughs) oh yeah let's hear it so um, if you listen to last week's episode, I talk about I talked about Chained Echoes, which is this great turn-based RPG, and I was like hemming and hawing, like, oh, I finished the whole thing, but there's like, I did a lot of the side content, but I think there might be more side content that I like might be interesting, and so I was like a little torn about whether I should keep playing it a little bit more, and actually it was you, Trevor, who on the podcast was like, nah, you should play it more, go for it, and I was like, all right, cool. So uh, this last weekend, when I had some free time, I booted it up and like I I immediately, not immediately, but like pretty quickly found a couple things that I hadn't stumbled upon yet, which opened up like all these leads of, oh, cool, this I can get to this new location. And I found like a cool secret boss. And I was like, you know what? Like I might see this through to the end. I think I can get to like the sort of secret ending and collect there's like this collectible it's like you gotta get these things and you gotta put them in these stones or whatever so i was like oh i think i think i can find all of those um and so i played for a solid few hours and i came across this enemy encounter that was a pretty like challenging enemy encounter so i was retrying it and stuff and i was like you know what forget about it i'm just gonna load my autosave and come back to this enemy later like come come back with a different strategy so I loaded my autosave, and it it loaded me back, and I heard the music kick on, but it was a totally black screen. Oh, no. And basically, long story short, I could not get that autosave to load correctly. Like, I tried closing the game and reopening it and everything, and I just couldn't get to that point. And the most recent manual save before that was, like, three and a half hours before, and I was like... I was like, that's the end of that game because <laughs> yeah. I am not going to do all that over again just because I was like, maybe if he going to do some side content. <laughs> I for sure would have done the exact same thing. I would have been like, nope, I'm done. I'm going to play something else now. Bye. 
forever. Right. And like, it wasn't like, A, I wasn't like that bitter. I was like, you know what? It's fine. Like, I was kind of fleshing out the rest of the game anyway. Like, I was kind of doing it a little bit for the sake of doing it. Like, I was happy to put it down after 40 hours at that point and play something else. Um, and also I don't want anybody, I don't want that to deter anyone from like buying it. I feel like that was a weird freak accident. I don't want anyone to be like, oh, this game's broken. Cause it's absolutely not like nothing like that happened in the rest of my game, but yeah, <laughs> definitely like the saddest, uh, shortest ending to a game where I was just like, well, there goes that <laughs> dang. I hate when stuff like that happens, man. That's terrible. Yeah, well, and it, like it's even more of a shame because the game is so good about auto saving that there were actually points where like I beat that optional boss and I was like, oh, maybe I should save it, and then I got a little auto save prompt in the corner and I was like, oh, forget about it, I don't have to save. Oh. Like the game auto saves so much, it just happened to dang fail in that moment. So that's dang tough luck, man. Yeah, it's uh, it happens, you know. Yeah video games the good the bad and the ugly <laughs> and the, yeah and the failing auto saves yeah so anyway i put down chain echoes and was kind of deciding on what to play next um and i was going through my ps4 and i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna kick open the pathless um just for the heck of it like i have already beaten the pathless i may have even mentioned it like around a year ago when i did play it and uh I just I popped it open and I started playing and I was like, all right, that's it. I'm going to play all of it again and this is going to be my game on the podcast. Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, It's cool. Do, so do you know anything about The Pathless? Uh, only what you've told me and it was a it was a while ago. So uh, The Pathless is like. It's it's. It's sort of similar to Journey in it in that it's kind of like just its own singular experience that there's not that much like it, which is kind of why it's cool. But if I had to describe it, it's sort of it's like a quasi open world, um, like movement based, three D platformer slash puzzler. Huh. Okay. <laughs> which I don't know if that makes any sense, but like. I think the for me one of the the things I want to get into that's interesting to me and maybe why I love it is it feels like the best things about Breath of the Wild but like with its own unique spin on a lot of those ideas. Okay, yeah. Um so you play as I don't even know if the protagonist has a name, but you play as this little like female warrior in a red garb. Um, you have like a little bow and arrow, and uh, so basically you're exploring these these worlds. This world, I don't even know if the world has a name. It's called. It's similar to Journey. There's like no names for things. It's just like whatever. Um, so you're you're exploring this like ravaged land, which is clearly like a post-apocalypse wasteland, um, and you are basically like purifying the world from the evil that has been uh like thrust upon it by the god slayer who is maybe the most ham-fisted villain name of all time yeah um who so basically like he 
the God Slayer was like a normal guy, and you kind of learn this all through lore. It's like sort of explicitly explained, but also there's like lots of hints throughout the world. Um, but it's sort of implied that he, there were like these different lords of the world, and he um, possessed them and sort of like turned them into his minions. Um, and you're basically, your goal is to go around and purify these lords that have been like twisted um, and, uh, what's the word? Like possessed by the God Slayer who has presumably also slayed some gods. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty messed up. So the sort of the loop of the game is they're, they're, it's kind of an open world because it's sort of segmented into these big plateau areas. And so each plateau area has a number of towers similar to Breath of the Wild. Mm. Um, and you have to purify all of those towers to be able to purify like the Lord of that land. Um, and to purify the towers, you need to insert these little talismans and the talismans are found by completing puzzles that are out in like the world. So like as you're exploring the world, you have this cool like vision that you can do, which will like turn the whole world blue. But any point of interest, like a, a landmark or a tower or something with a talisman in it will kind of like glow red. Okay. So you sort of like survey the land and there's all these points of interest and you're going around collecting all of these talismans and you need a certain number to insert into the towers and so, like, for example, you purify three of the towers, um, and once you do that, then you can uh, you can fight the boss and purify that, like, segment of the land. Gotcha. For that. So it's, like, it's sort of open world, but it's also kind... It feels, like, level-based, sort of, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, it kind of... Not scales, but, like, the way it progresses is very linear. Yeah, no, I feel like scales is a good word for it because every time, once you conquer that land, you just move on to the next segment. Um, but they're they're connected, so you just kind of fly up to the next level. But you you're sort of expanding the world the more oh, okay. that you accomplish. Cool. Yeah, um, like I mentioned, the bosses are like the they are by far the coolest bosses I've ever played in any game. How so? Like design or or like the way they fight or what is it? Just it's just like this. I need a second to collect my thoughts. Like everything in this game, the design of everything is so simple and it's so well thought out that is like it's like mind blowing. Like everything comes together. Like there's no, there's nothing in it that feels like, oh, this was extra or too hard or I didn't need to do it. Just every piece of it makes sense. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Actually, before I talk about the bosses, I should talk about like the actual movement of the game. So like, the the way that you move around the world is you have a little bar at the bottom which is like your your energy stamina meter essentially um and you press L2 to run and when you run you run like super mega fast like you dash at really high speeds and everywhere throughout the world there are these randomly spawning little diamonds with eyeballs that are kind of creepy but kind of cute if that makes sense <laughs> okay um and uh 
you whenever there's one in the camera view, you automatically lock onto it. So you're running at high speeds everywhere you go throughout the world, and you're constantly shooting at each of these diamonds, and every time you hit one with your arrow, you get like this huge burst of speed. Nice. So exploring the world is just like this you have like this like cool flow state of like you're running at high speeds and you're you're looking for the diamonds and you're aiming at all of them and it's like this just cool it's just this like cool like flow interplay of of everything you know what i mean yeah that sounds really interesting to like play as yeah it um it honestly it reminds me of that thing i talk about where like when nintendo designs a mario game or like metroid dread for example the first thing they do before they start making the game is they just put Mario in a white void and they tweak his mechanics and until it's like, okay, can you run around this white void with nothing else in it and is it really fun to do and does it feel great? And yeah. before before they design any of the game, they just make sure that that feels really, really great. Yeah. That's, um, you're right, that should be like the gold standard of games. Yeah, which for me is kind of like, that's like my gold standard. Like if I can play a game where it just like feels good to run around and jump and shoot things, it's that's like my favorite game. So that's really like what they did here is like moving around the world is constantly like fun and it's also a challenge, but it's really engaging and it feels fluid and fast. You can also use your bird to like glide while you. So oh, anyway, cool. all of that is to lead. So so when you get into the boss fights, the first thing that happens is you you have to travel into this like big spooky red cloud, and there's this like crazy chase scene. So the boss, the first boss is like a big elk, I think, like a red, creepy, distorted elk, oh. and he's running away from you, and so you have to you have to chase him down like doing exactly what I said. Like, you have to be shooting all these little eyeballs to maintain your speed and boost to catch up to him, but he's, like, shooting fire at you in oh this, like, God. horrifying, like, red hellscape. It's, like, super epic. Um, And when you actually get up to him, the way that you damage the boss is the same as moving through the world, and except instead of shooting your bow at, like, these little diamonds, you lock onto the boss, and he has little eyeballs, like, on his side. Whoa. So, like, you're just, to to fight the boss, you're basically doing the same thing as the rest of the game, which is, like, running fast and locking onto him. Huh. Um, and then, like, it, after those segments, that's, like, the first segment of each boss fight. After that, they lead into, like, these arena segments where you are actually, like, dodging the boss and, like, moving around and, and stuff. But, like, I don't know. They're just, they're just, they're so well designed because they just feel so epic um, and the bosses feel horrifying and intimidating, but they're really, really fun to do because because you spend the whole game like training to do what you do in the bosses. Like you're you're running and and dipping and dodging and weaving and shooting targets. That's what the whole game is. You know, right. it just feels epic because they're like, Burr. they're like what? They're like, Burr. oh okay, I got yeah. It. They're like, should I do it again? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good comedy comes in threes good job yeah they're uh they're just visually they're just burr. was it too many times 
You have to do it two more times now to even it out. Comedy comes oh, in threes, Jesus. not fours. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll sprinkle it out through the rest of the sode. There you go. Um, that's that's real comedy right there, baby. Yeah. So yeah. So watch if you watch a speed run, you'll see they're just really visually they're just visually like really epic and terrifying, but like so cool. And this game does the. I don't know if this is, like, a thing everybody likes, but you know how, like, Death Note and Disney movies and all these other great, like, visual mediums do the, like, the blue versus red thing? Oh, yeah. Like, every everything in this game, like, everything is visually encoded in a way that, that like, conveys to you, like, good and bad. So, like, everything in the world that needs to be purified or is harmful to you is, like, red, like the bosses mm-hmm. and other things that need to be purified and like um everything that that you do like you can make the whole world look blue every time anything gets purified it looks blue and that's just such a visually satisfying thing to me it like goes hand in hand with the storytelling yeah i could see that is there like a name for that idea probably i mean i feel like there has to be i feel like there is i I can't picture what it would be, though. Yeah. If you know the term, hop in our Discord and, and be like, hey, that term you're thinking of was this. Yeah, or just feel free to shoot Trevor a text at uh, 716. Blah, uh, blah, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so um, it's great. Every, everything is really, like, simple and clean and easy to read. Um, All of the puzzles are, they're really great because they're, like, they're like the same kind of puzzles as like God of War where they're like quote puzzles. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Where like you're solving a puzzle, like you're you're figuring out some twist, like, oh, I have to move this block here before I do this thing, or I have to um shoot this torch into that torch in a certain order. But they're really not challenging enough that you get hung up on them. Right. So it it's um it lends itself to like that Zelda feeling of like you're feeling smart and you're solving puzzles as you go through the world. And there's like, again, like the little towers or the little landmarks that have puzzles are almost like this game's version of the shrines in Breath of the Wild. There's just these small little puzzle segments and then you keep exploring and find more. That's cool. And those are my my kind of puzzles too. Like I don't want to use too much brain power when I play a game. Yeah, like, and it it depends on the game for me. Like, in this experience where it's all about just, like, movement and exploring the world and seeing everything in it, um, you don't want to, like, stop for 25 minutes because a puzzle is too challenging. You kind of just want to, like, do the puzzles, feel satisfied, and keep running super fast and cool. Yeah, yeah. A game like that, you could really lose momentum. Yeah. Um. It's cool. The other thing too that I love is it it sort of does it sort of does the like a short hike thing slash breath of the wild thing where like the only real collectible other than the talismans, which are like your main collectible, is you can find these little glowy uh little glowy diamonds throughout the world. And they're kind of like this game's version of like the Korok seeds from Breath of the Wild. Okay. Like there's little challenges where you might like start in one point and you have to get to this other point in a certain amount of speed. Or you might have to like shoot these bells in a certain order and there's like a little uh, environmental hint as to what you do. But so if you collect enough of those little gold diamonds, 
then your bird gains an additional flap in the air. So you can jump and you can hold the little bird to glide, but you can also flap, which is like a huge double jump that gives you like way more height. Okay, cool. Cool. Excuse me. Which is, it reminds me of like the golden feathers in a short hike, you know? Yeah. So like the more that you explore and the more you, you seek out, like, I don't know. Again, it's like, I don't want a game to have like 10 different collectibles that I have to manage. This game is just like, if you explore more, you're going to get more flappy flaps with your bird. And then exploring the world is even more fun. And if the exploring the world is even more fun, you're going to want to seek out more gold diamonds. And then when you get more gold diamonds, you get an additional flappy flap in the air. And then when you get an additional flappy flap in the air, it's more fun to explore the world when it's more fun to... (laughs) I was wondering how long you were going to go on. <laughs> I was kind of waiting for you to stop me. and so no, I wasn't I going myself. to. I was going to let you go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, it's like, it's a great, it's a great game. It sounds really cool. It sounds like my kind of like quote unquote puzzle game, like short, fun little puzzles that don't take like 25, 30 minutes to solve. Yeah. It, it feels like the developers of Journey were like, Journey is a great game. It's super cool. They were like, what if we took that and made the movement really, really fun and incorporated a lot of great ideas from Breath of the Wild and other open world games? Um, But I, I just love a game that's like this simple, you know, in contrast to what we were talking about last week with like Room Tater and all these triple-a games that are like we want to put crafting in and first person shooting and blah 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 like this game doesn't even have combat with the exception of the like four bosses you fight there's no enemies in the game you just run around and explore that's cool and everything everything in the game aids that experience directly it's like uh it like all serves the same purpose which is like it's fun to explore and run around you know what i mean yeah that sounds yeah. fun. It honestly, like, I know I'm rambling about this game, but uh, <laughs> it's it's like when I play it, I'm like, why isn't everybody talking? Like, why didn't we all put down every video game we're playing just to talk about this game? Because I feel like it's just a perfect game in what it's trying to accomplish, you know? And it's taking lessons from Breath of the Wild and like really doing its own thing in a really remarkably fun and clean and like simple way like why are we all talking about the pathless bro let's talk about the pathless more everybody like for real like if you haven't played it i think i I could be wrong because i'm not sure the price but i think it's like twenty dollars and by the way i saw you want to know how i heard of this game trevor now i'm yelling (laughs) tell me more (laughs) It all comes full circle, Trevor. I saw a GDQ speed run of the Pathless, and you I were remember. Like, I play that. And I yes, and I remembered this was like a year before Cozy gave me my my piss for, and then when thank you, Cozy. Shout out to Cozy. Shout, we out, shout to Cozy. him out every episode. <laughs> Cozy, if you hear this, please text us. <laughs> yeah, he does that every do time. You <laughs> yeah, I Tom, love Cozy. So Tommy much. never texts us when we talk about him. We talk about him every episode. I don't even know if Tommy's still listening, to be honest. Tommy, if you're listening, text us. <laughs> hey, here's a weird one. My my childhood uh, friend, we went to high school with him, Hey Zeus, if you're listening, text us. <laughs> I know we haven't talked in like 12 years, but... <laughs> 
text us and be like, room tighter. <laughs> That's actually, that, that room tater character is actually based on Jesus. I don't want to out him, but like. We all, you know, anyone from our high school knew, like, they heard that voice, and they were like, oh, yeah, that's Jesus. He totally talks like that. You know what I mean? You remember I feel Jesus? like this is a bit. I don't remember anyone named Jesus. <laughs> this is a bit, right? <laughs> no, dude. We I don't can't do believe you remember show. Jesus. We went, to, we went to a race car track with Jesus when, when well, I guess I was in Where 10th was grade, I? but you were, you, were, you were in 11th grade, obviously. <laughs> Or were you in 12th? Are you two years ahead of me? I don't remember. No, I think just one. Well, one school year away from you. So I was in 10th grade and you were in 11th grade. And like Jesus texted us and like we weren't that close with Jesus. So we were like, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. But then there was the there was the airheads incident. Tell, tell me you don't remember the airheads incident at the racetrack. What's happening right now? <laughs> I feel like I'm am I having a fever dream? Are you what's? Here's the thing, dude. You're drawing... I'm gonna text Jesus right now, and I'm gonna tell him you don't remember the Airhead incident, oh and he's gonna be so mad. You're he's drawing, be so ticked. you're drawing parallels with like real life situations, like <laughs> like going to a racetrack wait. with our friends, and like wait, 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 wait. You're messing me up now because I was not drawing a parallel to any real thing. I was totally doing a bit. And now you're like, oh, yeah, it reminds me of this real thing. Well, like you're talking about going to a racetrack. And like, I don't know if you've ever gone, but I went to the racetrack with Scott a couple times. So like you're drawing parallels and it's it's freaking me out, man. Jesus is going to be so mad at me. (laughs) Sorry, Jesus. Shout out to Jesus. Hey Zeus, if you're listening, text us. Um, <laughs> That's our new bit. We shout out an imaginary friend every week. <laughs> shout out to Tommy, Cozy, and Jesus. Oh my God, what, what, what in the? I I don't know what what I was actually talking about before I got lost on that crazy. What rant. in the derailed podcast is happening right now? Ah, uh, so I like the pathless. It's really great. <laughs> it's it's uh. <laughs> It's oh really short. It's only like five or six hours. It's really short. I think it's like twenty dollars. It's, it's great. Oh, I remember. I re- I re- we started. I was just talking about how I saw it on GDQ, and then a year later, when I got the PS4 from Cozy, it was like the first game I played because I was like, I want to play it. Yeah, you know, I might have to check that out because you're making it sound really fun. I um, yeah, man. I, I don't know. I, I'm curious if it's, like, just a me thing, but it genuinely, like, from the bottom of my heart is, is like, one of my, like, top five favorite games that I'll probably replay a million times because, really? again, like, yeah, I just, I picked it up this week and I was, like, I just, I just want to run through it. Like, it's a really relaxing game that every minute of it is super fun and it, like, it it's really, like, simple and clean. I freaking love it. Is it going to be in your 2023 wrapped episode next year or at the end of this year? To be honest with you, it should have been in my 2022 wrapped. I didn't, I didn't have it on my list, but, uh, well, yeah, like Andy missed one, everybody. I actually, I don't know if this is an insane idea, but like, you know, a lot of podcasts, they do the 2022 wrapped and they do the, uh, um, you know, they do best of 2022 2022 game of the year all this stuff mm-hmm. i had the idea if what if <laughs> i was like what if we made a list of every game we've ever played ranked from 1 
until the last game. Let's do it. Wouldn't that be wouldn't that be insane? You think we should do it? Yeah, I think that's a crazy idea and I think you and I are both just crazy enough to do that. Let's do it. Now, are we talking played or finished? Cuz they're different lists. Um I guess I guess it would have to be like I guess probably not finished because just a I haven't finished every game that I would probably want to put on the list. Sure. And B, you finished precisely two games, so that's not entirely then true. You finished precisely eleven games, uh. That so more accurate. Yeah, so I think I think it would almost have to be played just because. And like I don't know, let's face it, you don't have to finish every game in the world that you play. True, that's a long list, though. Holy crap! I I know, and that's why I was like, it's insane. But like I was thinking about it because. There's so many games that I, when I'm playing them or when I'm thinking about them, I'm like, man, I really want to bring them to the show. And like, I love every time I bring a game to the show, I feel like I say, this is like one of my genuinely like top five favorite games. But then I was thinking about it. I was like, I have like 20 games that I'm like, these are in my top five favorite games of all time. And I was like, what would happen if I actually tried to rank every game I've ever played? Like where would all these games actually land? You know? Yeah. I think there would have to be a lot of revisiting of certain games. Season three idea. We do that. It's just us revisiting old games. It would be, it would have to be like a running open list that you would have to revise like all the time, every time you've played something, but it would just be, it would just be like such a crazy amount of games, you know, but it's like interesting to think about. Let's do it. If you had to pick your top three favorite games, like from your gut, what are they? Go. Um, ever. Yeah, sure. Uh, or name, give me like three, they don't have to be like your top three in order, but what are like three of the games that come to mind? If it's like name your favorite three games, just like off okay. the cuff, uh, Tony Hawk's American wasteland, um, Spider-Man PS4. There's a lot of games coming to my mind. It's like a, I, there's list, just, a, just list, list them all list a bunch. Um, Spider-Man, friend or foe, any given Tony Hawk game. Um, uh, Oh, there was this game I played as a kid. Nick remembers what it's called. I got to text Nick and figure out what it's called. Uh, There was some game that was on PC when I was a kid that him and I used to play on my family computer. That was really fun. I remember that game being super fun. Um, Skyrim for me uh god of war 2018 uh star wars jedi fallen order uh what's another um mario kart pretty much any given mario kart because i've played them all double dash mario kart double Mm, dash specifically solid entry solid entry um halo on the original xbox um because nick had one we used to play that all the time that one sticks out I don't know, man. There's a lot. It's a it's a long list. Yeah, yeah. You you really did have a lot come to mind immediately. Yeah, and I have I have wallets full of CD wallets full of PS2 games. Yeah. Dang. 
it's interesting that you only named one game in there that I like genuinely liked. <laughs> Which one was that? God of War 2018. That's the only one. I don't think I've played any of the rest that you named except for Skyrim. Okay, that's that's fair. Yeah. And you haven't even played the best Tony Hawk game. Like the one I had you play was not is not the best Tony Hawk game out there in my opinion. I like Tony Hawk games. It's just like not enough of my thing. I guess I guess to be fair, I do like the Tony Hawk games. That was probably an unfair assessment, but it doesn't come to mind of like a game that I would probably choose to play unless I was like at a friend's house and they were rocking it, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Oh, um, Marvel Nemesis Rise of the Imperfects. <sighs> Never even heard of it. That's on PS2. It's really good. See, I feel like this is, I feel like we're getting more insight perhaps. Cause again, like I feel like the mission statement, especially of season two is like, <laughs> what does Trevor like and why? Because, <laughs> cause I, I like, I have no idea. I feel like if anyone has listened to our show this far, like every episode, they have to be like, Trevor's mind is a confusing tapestry that I know nothing about. They have to be thinking that. Cause like, especially in season one, like we'd be playing games and it was just like a total toss up on what you were going to think about any of them. That's true. That's true. It's, it's pretty nuts. <laughs> what, are you mad at how, how bad I roasted you and was like 100% accurate? No, not at all. You said something that made me think of a bit we were talking about earlier. Oh, um, wait, real quick. Can I say, I don't know if I vocalized this on the show already, but I have told many, many people that we did an episode about Skyrim and Breath of the Wild and how I had to play Skyrim and you had Breath of the Wild. And I had, like, every person I've said that to unanimously was like, Oof, you really got the short end of the stick on that deal, dude. And I was like, I know, right? I think that's, <laughs> I so, I think that's so harsh. So many people. And by the way, I was taught, these are all people who love Skyrim. Like, every person was someone who like grew up playing Skyrim and really likes it. And every person was like, oof, man, you got you got the way worse <laughs> deal in that one. Maybe I'm the weird one. I should go back and play Skyrim again. You're you're not I think from from what I understand, I think we're both the weird ones because I think it's pretty well accepted that most people who like Skyrim like Breath of the Wild and vice versa. I think we're both weirdos for liking one and not the other. Though Tommy may disagree with me because Tommy also, he like hates Skyrim way more than me. Um, yeah, well, he hates them yeah. because they're a technical nightmare. No, he hates them because... He hates them because a lot of the same reasons that they didn't click with me, but like I think... Well, I don't know. He he hates them for the reasons I thought that I hated them before I played them. And now that I've played them, I really don't I don't hate Skyrim. I just I I appreciate it a lot for what it's doing. Mm -hmm. I just think it's so different than Breath of the Wild. I don't think it's similar to Breath well, of yeah, the Wild. It's a, it's even a, a game little. that's 10, 11 years older. Of course it's a different game. Sure. But you're this is you're the one that every time I played Breath of the Wild was like, bro, this is Skyrim, but it's blue. 
<laughs> so don't yell at me for that comparison. That was you who said that for literally years. I don't want to get into this again right now. I don't have the energy for this. Tonight. Well, then I guess you've admitted defeat. Sure. No, I'm not I'm not saying no. I we're on the same page. I don't know why you criticized me for saying they're different. I kind of got it in my head that they were more similar because of you is what I'm saying. You oh, you were the one who sort of pitched that to me. Worked. What worked? Nothing. What worked? Getting in your that head. You got, that you got me to play it? But so anyway, oh. no. What it, All this is a long way to say that I don't think Tommy hates it in the way that I don't like it. Uh, I don't like it for different reasons. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. But I came to appreciate more of what it's about when I played it. Yeah. And let me be clear. I did play it for 20 hours while you played like three hours of Breath of the Wild. So I did my due diligence, bro. I feel like I played more than three hours. Did you? I thought I did. I don't. I don't remember. When I talked to you, you were like, yeah, bro, I got like one. I did like three shrines. Like, I remember the last we talked about it, you were like, yeah, I got like one tower and three shrines. I think I did two or three towers. Yeah. Which is still not a lot, I guess. But Yeah, again, like, it's shocking to me that you're playing anything else besides that game since you started it. Like, I can't believe you just were like, oh, I'll put it down. Like, I love that game so much. I don't know, man. It just, it didn't click with me the way it clicked with literally everyone else. I think I'm the weird one here. Yeah, you might be. I also think, too, like, again, not to belabor the point, but I do think there is a point when you get into the groove of the game and and you get in like a sense of a flow state sort of similar to the pathless. And mm-hmm. I feel like both times you played it, you sort of put it down before you got to that point of like where you, it sort of clicked and you got what it was about, you know? Yeah. I also think, and I've told you this before, I think part of the problem with me is that like by the time I got to that game, everyone was like, had already talked about it and they're like, oh, this is the best game. Oh, this game is great. Oh, this is one of the best games ever. And then I pick it up and like, it's kind of just fine. You know, like to me in my eyes, like it was fine. Like I had fun. It was, it's a good game. It's a fun game. But like, I didn't have that like mind blowing experience of like, this is the best game I've ever played. I I didn't get that. Yeah. It, um, so I think it just got like overhyped for me. Yeah, and that's that's fair. I think I think it's like the best game of all time in like really like subtle ways because I think uh and again, like this is no spoilers, but like I think that game the reason people have that moment with that game is because the more that you go into it, the more you're like all like you discover things in the game that totally blow your mind and are really interesting and you're like, "Wow." It's, it's sort of like when you start playing a game and you're thinking, like, what what is the possibility space in this game? Like, what are the types of enemies I can encounter? What are the types of things I find in the world? Mm-hmm. And Breath of the Wild, again and again, you find things that you're like, wow. Not only was I not expecting to find this wild thing, like wild puzzle or wild landmark, but it's just out in the open and no one said anything about it. It's just here. <laughs> like. Yeah. 
you know, and like I wouldn't, the only reason I found it is because my own curiosity drove me to find it. Like no one pointed me here. There was no mission marker. I just walked into this cool thing in the middle of the world. And like, I think that's a very like personal experience to be like, I found this, I did this, you know? Yeah. I think I, this game also, or that game also has mechanics that I just despise universally. Like it could be in any game and I would hate it. Like, I hate cold mechanics. I think it's stupid. Um, yeah. Well, and again, like I'm gonna. Well, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Finish your. Thought. I I hate the dur the durability mechanic, and that again, that would be in any game. Like if Skyrim had a, a durability and cold mechanic, I'd hate it. I just don't think yeah. those are fun. Like I don't, I don't want to. I don't want every game to be a survival game. You know, like I just want to play the game. Yeah, I get it. See, and that's where I would maybe push back on you because like. I, I agree with you, but I've found that most of the time when I have a conceived notion about whether something is fun or not, if I if I see it through a little bit more and say, like, does this aid the experience? Like, for example, Chained Echoes, which I talked about last time. Mm -hmm. um, when you when you finish combat in Chained Echoes, um, it automatically heals you back to 100% at the end of the encounter. And me, I hate that. Before I played Chained Echoes, I was like, I don't ever want to play a turn-based RPG where it heals me back up to 100% um, fresh. I, I hate that mechanic. I don't think it's fun. Like, every other game I've played with that mechanic, I've been like, I don't ever want to play a game with that. But when I played Chained Echoes, I was like, okay, like, that's something that I don't normally like in a game, but let me see if if I give it a shot, if I change my mind. And in that instance, what they were going for, that really served the experience. So I think in the case of Breath of the Wild, I hear your gripes and I also d don't like cold mechanics or breakable weapons, but like I sort of was just like, yeah, but let me play more and see if it adds more than I think it does. And I think in the long run, it, it does, you know? Yeah, I, maybe I just didn't play it long enough, but for me, like it absolutely took away from it. Well, and that's fair. I think it's fair to say I don't like it, but I think to go in up top and be like, well, this game has some mechanics I don't like, I think I think that's where I would push people to be like, I don't know, maybe maybe see it through a little bit more because you may come around on it because I did, you know? Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. Yeah, we... we anyway. <laughs> we, yeah, we really went out there today. Yeah. No, it's good, though. All right, Trevor, what game are, did you... Are you play... Did you... To the back... <laughs> did you ever have a dream that you could Log. that you that that you could <laughs> that that you would um so technically games uh we're doing games yeah uh we're doing the teenage mutant ninja turtle kawabunga collection which is a collection of 13 retro teenage mutant ninja turtle games games yeah games <laughs> Would you? Would I? Would you? Would I? <laughs> All right, so a collection of games, which you talked about how two episodes ago or something, right? Yeah, I talked about it for my 2022 wrap-up because I started playing it uh, you know, at the end of 2022. It was a Christmas gift from Jen. Shout-out to Jen. Shout-out to Hazel. Jen, if you're listening, text us. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that so stupid. <laughs> 
because all of our friends text us when they listen, like That's which so is great, true. and I love it. But I, I'm always just getting texts. I think this week Cozy just texted us and said, "Sup, boys." I don't even think he said. Yeah, he literally else. just said, "Sup, boys." <laughs> okay, so yeah, so you played the games. Did you play all of the games? Um, I played a little bit of every game. I finished three of them. Um, oh, that's pretty good for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did I did play a little bit of all 13 um, just to get the rounded experience. And, you know, I had I had a super flashback to my childhood um, because there's a I, th- I think it's Follow the Foot Clan was a Game Boy game. Um, that I remembered playing. Like, I started playing it, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I remember the music. I remember the enemies. Like, I remember this game. And huh. it was, it like, I just pictured me, like, being, I was somewhere, like, one of my sister's, like, musical rehearsals or something, and I was, like, sitting there with my Game Boy in hand. Like, I remember it vividly from that game. It was crazy. Yeah, and it was, like, Old school, old school Game Boy style. Yeah, that's awesome. The OG so, yeah, Game so, Boy, the big, the big gray brick. Yeah. So remind me. So this this collection is like a number of like Game Boy Game Boy Color games, as well as some like arcade beat 'em up games as well. Yeah, it's got uh, a lot of arcade side scroller games. Um, NES, SNES, uh, there's one or two for the Genesis. And what's interesting is, um, and Tommy and I had talked about this before, um, like right after I started playing it, because uh, him and I actually, he helped me beat Turtles in Time. Uh, we right, yeah. we did co-op on that one, so that was super fun. Um, shout out to Tommy, shout out to Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, if you're listening, text us. <laughs> Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) geez, I totally, that absolutely derailed my train of thought. So you were talking about the turtles in time. Uh, oh yeah. So Tommy and I were talking about this when we were playing that. So there are the same title across different platforms. And because the hardware was so different back then, they were, they were basically different iterations of the same game. Uh, which I is ever fascinating to me. Yeah, and you know, like that's something that I feel like if you're a kid growing up now, that's a mystery to you. But like, they would take like a PlayStation One game or something that was really popular, or like an arcade game, and you saw it a lot with Game Boy actually, because mm-hmm. they'd be like, "Oh man, this game sells really well," and the Game Boy also sold like phenomenally well so i think the thought was can we make a game boy version of this game but the game boy is basically like like it's less powerful than everyone's ti81 graphing calculator that they had in high school yeah. <laughs> like 15 years ago like it's now you see it and it's like literally like <laughs> an atari or something it looks so bad so for them to to make a version of that game was to drastically change everything about it you know because they had to yeah um there's a couple different iterations of tmnt tournament fighters which is basically street fighters with uh tmnt skins nice. um, like it, it dude it plays exactly like street fighter <laughs> that's hilarious like up up to the 
up to the very like minute detail of when you uh when someone loses and they go flying across the screen they go <laughs> does michelangelo go haruken <laughs> no i'm sure that'd be he's... so funny if they just ripped the soundbite to like Raphael or someone and they just every time they did a move were like haruken <laughs> oh um speaking of funny stories about this game though um so Tommy and I were playing Turtles in Time and you can hit a button to give you more lives, your quote unquote inserting coins because it's one of the arcade games. <laughs> Which is awesome. So uh, when you do that, they go Kawabunga. And so I was telling Tommy that and then all of a sudden I just heard Kawabunga. And I look over and he's just mashing the button. <laughs> And it's like you look up and he has like 89 lives. Dude, no joke. He got up to 999. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Yeah. At one point, that's we so just funny. stopped playing and we had like a mash race. He mashes like no one I've ever seen. It's super impressive. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. Um, but this game has a lot of cool features, too. Like, uh, That's why Tommy's so good at room tighter. Room tighter. He's always mashing those taters. <laughs> how did we get here <laughs> what'd you say how did we get here this is what our podcast has devolved into it's just like room, i know i just room, I just tight, room do- tighter jokes and <laughs> i just wanted to massively derail you one more time okay sorry it's go ahead. not hard to do <laughs> no no um, that's fair i think the one of the cool things about this game there's a lot of cool things about this game um or the these games, I guess. The collection. Uh, it has all of the boxes for for any game that had boxes. Obviously, the arcades didn't. But, like, um, the NES games and all that. It has scans of all the original uh, game art boxes and stuff. And all the manuals. Like, you can tell they're scans. Um, it's super cool. They have... Uh, screenshots from every episode of every season of every Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle show up until like the oh, most nice. recent one. Um, they have every soundtrack for every game, which is also cool. Uh, Mike Patton from um, what band is he in? Um, Why do I know that name? I know too. Mike Patton is the guy that did Litany 4. Yeah, that's where I know him from. Yes. If you don't know Litany 4, look it up. It's the weirdest piece of actual real music you'll ever hear. Mike Patton also did all the voices for Left 4 Dead, all the zombie voices. Oh, really? Yeah, so Mike Patton remade the original uh, 1980s TMNT theme for this. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, this game is great. Like, It's a real walk down memory lane. It... Uh, it still looks really good because, like, you know, you and I have talked about this before. That really like stylized pixel art stuff ages really well for the most part, and like, it's the colors are real saturated. Like, it just it looks really good. Uh, it feels and it's, pretty it's good. It's cool too. It's cool too when like you buy a collection. Like I love that they have all of that weird stuff in there. Like they have the box art and they have the concept art and they have the soundtracks and like. 
it's cool if you're a huge fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or even just this style of game, like when you buy a collection that there's all of those little fun like trinkets and extras because it feels like you're buying like a collector's item package in a way, you know? Oh, yeah. And there there were collectors, like collectors versions of this that came with like, uh, like the, I think they called it the shell van or whatever as like the case <clears throat> it comes with like um like uh pins from the characters and stuff like it's really cool um but even just getting the collection itself is is super cool because you it does it feels like you got like a whole museum piece yeah it's also cool too like just thinking about talking about the this collection that for whatever reason the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games have, like, a legacy of games. Even just the fact that, like, Turtles in Time came out and was like, this is an homage to, like, the old style of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games, which are all awesome. Like, it's cool that they... You don't see that a lot with, like, movie and TV franchises, that they have, like, a whole game franchise attached to them that's, like, really good and people love them. Yeah, yeah, and then... Like so much so that they made Shredder's Revenge, which is oh, that's that's what I meant. Oh, Shredder's okay. Revenge, yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they made Shredder's Revenge, which, like you were saying, is like exactly of that lineage. It's so cool. Yeah, and like that, that game's game great came too. Out. I played that with Tommy, and that's awesome. Yeah, that that's actually what I thought you meant when you said Turtles in Time. As I was thinking Shredder's oh, Revenge. Yeah, yeah which is. Yeah, that that game I never played it when it was around, but I saw some like let's plays of it and I saw that you and Tommy were playing it and it's like it it's just one of those like really cool I don't know, it's like a standout that's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have a new game and you're like, I'm sorry, what? And everyone's like, Yeah, and it's awesome, so shut up and go home, nerd. Yeah, it's so good. Like it feels like one of these older games. It's crazy. Yeah. That's cool. I'm glad that you uh I'm glad that you ended up getting it like that's a pretty cool that's a pretty cool collection to just like have and have those games to revisit at any given moment, you know? Yeah, I I wanted it and I just never pulled the trigger on it and then Jen got it for me for Christmas and it oh, yeah. what a great gift. Yeah. Yeah, that's super cool, man. And like it's cool that you have nostalgia with those games. I feel like I never played them really uh, as I don't think at all as a kid, like I, I think I'm aware now as an adult, but I didn't, weren't games that I played before, you know? Yeah. Part of me wants to try playing the NES games, but the, the NES games, uh, notoriously are like so hard that they're unbeatable basically. <laughs> yeah. Which sounds like NES games. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I've played a little bit of the NES, the NES games, but I'm afraid to get too deep into them because I'm I don't want to like commit myself to beating it and then getting stuck and being like, oh, I can't play this anymore. Yeah, or just like I don't know, try one and just see how far you get, and if you have to bounce, you have to bounce, you know. Yeah, I played I played like the first couple stages of of each game in this collection. Uh, I just I don't want to get too far into the NES games. I think. Because it, it is yeah, going to get they're they're already like kind of difficult, and then the deeper I get into it, it's just going to be like mind boggling. Yeah, that's cool. You you've actually made me consider uh, 
getting it at some point, but like I haven't, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I might someday just for the collection, especially if there's like, you said a lot of them are multiplayer, right? Oh yeah. Um, you can play online or locally. I mean, come over one night and we can just like couch co-op at me and Tommy. Can I just say like couch co-oping a game is still like my favorite like there's nothing on earth i have so many fond memories of just couch co-oping a game with with someone like and it just it sticks in my brain forever it's my favorite yeah um i really love the games that are coming back that are or rather that are bringing couch co-op back like a way out uh have you heard of this yeah that's the little uh the little tiny um i can't describe what they are they turn into like little tiny dolls no that's it takes two. Oh yeah way out is the one they made before with the two mobster guys in jail yeah yes that i have if you awesome if you have not watched the game grumps playthrough of that you totally should it is so funny i don't think i have i've i that's the thing i know about it i watched the whole playthrough of it it's super cool it is so good yeah it it yeah it's in yes you're right I like I love that it's coming back for me um of what I saw of it takes two I actually was kind of like I don't ever want to play that game ever which is weird because everyone in the world loved it I haven't seen much of that game does it seem like what what about it seems meh to you okay there's there's so much that rubs me the wrong way about it but like the premise of it the premise of it is cool but it's messed up and it's not that well done and by the way like just so you're aware trevor i'm about to like tick off everybody who listens to this podcast because again (laughs) like this game won like game of the award and like game of the year last year and like six things and stuff and i've talked to people about it and they're like no you're totally wrong but the the premise of the game is you are you are a fighting married couple um, and you have a daughter and you like you fight all the time and you scream at each other and the daughter makes a wish that her parents would like make up or something. And so through the power of magic or something, you both get turned into these tiny doll sized creatures um, and are forced to go on this adventure. Now, I will say from what I've seen of it, because, again, I think the game Grumps played most of it or all of it. um, it's really stunningly remarkable. They literally developed like eight different games and they did it crazy well. Huh. There are parts of it that are like uh like combat centric, but like each character has like a different um they have like a different strength. Like one of them is about defending and one of them is about attacking, so you have to like work together. Um, there are segments that are like portal where you're solving puzzles to like help each other along. But again, like you each have a different like portal style gun that like you have to work together to progress and stuff. There's one section that just literally turns into like Hades. Like it's just a top down like fighting strategy Whoa. MMO game. Like it's it's really crazy because in terms of the amount of stuff that they put into that game is you play like 10 different genres a game and they're all really, really well made. That's but yeah, but the, the story rubs me so the wrong way. Like, because I just think it's from what I saw. And again, 
I'm sorry, people might disagree, but, like, I thought the writing was, like, horribly ham-fisted and, like, not sensitive at all. And there's, like, even one section of the game that is, like, I I might even tell it to you off the pod because it's, like, a huge spoiler of, like, a thing that happens. But when I was watching it, I was like, this is horrifying. Like, why would this be the thing in the story that's happening right now? And... I don't know, like, and that game won best story <laughs> for oh. 2021. And, like, that's where I was like, this game won best story? Like, what? I think the story and the dialogue and the writing is, like, horrible. Weird. Yeah. Because, again, it's just like, I don't know, that premise feels, like, so dark to me. And, you know, the, the whole time they're like, well, you know, like, you know, they finish, like, a puzzle segment. And she's like, pfft. I could have done that without you. And he's like, I should have let you fall in that pit when I had a chance. Oh like, God. it's just all this. It's like this horrible. I'm like, what is this over the top hammy? Like, it's not subtle at all. <laughs> I don't know. And it like, it feels dark. Like, there's a lot of segments that are just like, they, they're like these little dolls and they're in like a mouse hole in their house and they look out and they just see their like six year old daughter, like weeping over like a, like a stuffed animal. And they're like, they're like, we're going to get big to be back with you someday, sweetie. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just, everything about it, like, did not work for me. That's so weird. Yeah, that kind of <laughs> seems a little on the nose. Yeah, it, yeah, like, that was it. Like, it was it was all, like, on the nose. It didn't feel very subtle. And, like, again, it's, it's a really dark premise that, like, we are basically going to get divorced. And the point of this mission is for us to, like, make up and learn things about each other. And the whole game is them just like taking pot shots at each other and That's like so I don't weird. know. Can I tell you the story beat off the pod if you don't care about spoilers? I have to yeah. tell you. Yeah. All right, cool. That's the show, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I like that that mutual moment of like, are we done? I think we're done. Is this over? Is this over? <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have more, I don't know how we jumped to it takes two from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but here Cups we are. Come out. Yeah. Wow, you're so good at remembering how I get off topic, which is incredible because usually I'm the one who's like, "What the heck are we even talking about right now?" Yeah, I don't know why, but like, I feel like when we're not on the podcast, I'm not this way, but when we are on the podcast, I'm just so happy to jump ship to like something and like just jump to the, any thought that comes to my mind and just go there. I think it's cause you know, I'll jump with you. Yeah. You're never going to jump it, alone. I'll always yes. And you. Yeah. I think that is true. I think I also like, um, like now that we've been doing, I was thinking about it earlier before the pod. I think I like the format we've done this season mm-hmm. because a, I, I feel so much less like stressed out about finding time to play the games. I'm just playing the games I want to play anyway, which just feels like a win-win. Yeah. But like, I kind of also just like shooting the crap with you and like just talking about whatever it, it feels more like relaxed and like. I don't have to worry about like sounding intelligent or saying interesting things. It's just like we just say whatever, whatever we're uh, th- thinking about. Yeah, I think this is more our brand for sure. Yeah. So, uh, is there anything else? I know I derailed us. Is there anything else you wanted to say about TMNT? No, I I just was mostly impressed that I was able to finish 
as many of those games as I did. T-U-R-T-L-E, power. I did a little dance that only Andy could see. Yeah. Imagine what the dance is in your head. This is is what it looks like right here. If I enhance the audio, they might be able to hear the dance. Can you hear by the way that he's shimmying and or shammying? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Join us next time. (laughs) It's been baby. It's been baby. You can find me on all the things at Trevor in the Hall. Don't find me anywhere. I'm Andy. I'm Trevor. (laughs) Find him everywhere. (laughs) No, don't. Uh, Okay, we love you. Text us if you hear this. (laughs) Okay, bye. That's our new tagline. (laughs) Yes, text us. All right, bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye-bye.